Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Corey here assisting us today with the lesson. We have a timely lesson, a well-overdue lesson. Today's lesson will be called The Homosexual Invasion and the LBGT's Attack on Our Children. There has been an orchestrated effort by government to advance the homosexual agenda within the general public to make it a normality. This has had a horrendous effect on society and by and large, the children of Israel. Now, this is not an attack on someone because they're bound by a certain sin at this time. But the reality of the situation is that the homosexual agenda is being directed at our children. Now, they are trying to spin this as a political stance of equality in rights. But it's something more devious and sinister, an underlining plot. And today we're going to try to uncover that through the spirit of the Most High, Ahaya. Um, we're going to use, we have an article here that we want to use as a springboard into the lesson that we have prepared today. And this particular article <clears throat> is in regards to Clemson University. Now, Clemson University is a top 50 school in the entire United States of America. Now, what we've learned is they have instituted a questionnaire as a part of their criminology degree. Now, this questionnaire has you question your quote unquote sexual preference. So we're going to go into that today. And the, the article source is campusreform.org. We're going to have Brother Corey read that for us. At least some criminal justice majors at Clemson University are reportedly being required to take a heterosexual questionnaire as a part of the major's nine credit social justice requirement. Now, they have made this a requirement, brothers and sisters. They have instituted this as part of their syllabus. Check this out. Examine this, brothers and sisters. The questionnaire was distributed in a social a sociolo sociology of sex and gender course taught by PhD candidate Tracy Hefner. Related, Clemson restructured the criminal justice concentration in 2016 to incorporate nine credit hours of social justice related coursework with Professor Margie Britz, asserting at the time that the new program will more fully immerse students in the world of criminal justice. But it is also designed to address the increasingly complicated ethical and social issues facing law enforcement and criminal justice organizations today. Right. So what this article is saying is this particular questionnaire that we're going to read a couple of questions. We're not going to go into it in its entirety, but will help those who are looking to deal in the industry of criminal justice, such as probation officers, police officers, counselors, guidance counselors. For school and adults, maybe at your jobs, a lot of jobs, a lot of these Fortune 500 companies have a counselor on the payroll just in case. So we're going to go into the questionnaire of some of the questions that they are presenting to our children. Uh, number one, what do you think caused you to be heterosexual? Number two, when and how did you first decide you were a heterosexual? Number three, is it possible that your heterosexuality is just a phase you will grow out of? Number four, 
Is it possible that your heterosexuality stems from bad experiences with people of the same sex? And number five, if you have never been sexually or romantically involved with a person of the same sex, is it possible that all you need is a good same sex partner? Now examine that brothers and sisters. Why are they in these uh, what they would call academic institutions, which we call satanic pagan atheist institutions? Why would they be trying to have your children question their sexuality? What does any of this have? I'm not paying, you know, 50,000 to 75,000 dollars a year for my child to go to school and then start to question their sexuality. Why are they doing this, brothers and sisters? Why? See, there's something sinister there. You have the right as a parent to to guide Go to your school, for example, if you feel like there's a uh, maybe a teacher or a counselor that may be uh, a homosexual, you have the right to go to the school, to the dean or the school board, the board of education, the principal, whoever's in authority over that institution, that establishment, and tell them, listen, I need my son or I need my daughter pulled out of that class because the the teacher is dealing in some personal um, antics, some beliefs that go against, you know, what I teach my children. Because why? Because do you would you allow a homosexual to uh, supervise and babysit your child for eight hours a day at your home? The the answer is no. Of course. Now you have the right that the person that teaches your child on a day to day basis is the same person you would allow in your home to supervise your child for eight hours. You have that right. Listen, I need my son or I need my daughter moved out of that class immediately. That's your right, brothers and sisters. And we have to inquire on what our children are learning because they're updating the syllabus. It seems like every year to be more socially engineered, to get our children to accept things that we as believers, followers of the Bible, disagree with wholeheartedly. We're going to go to Proverbs 22 and 6, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So it's our responsibility as parents, even if you're not a parent, as an adult who cares about the community and what transpires regarding your community, to train up our children in a way that he or she should go and they won't depart from it. So a lot of us grew up celebrating Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, 4th of July. And when we became adults, we, we did the same things. And it's because we were trained that way. So we must take an interest into our kids' homework, um, with the, their classwork. I understand parents are tired. I understand you're working eight hours a day. You, when you come home, you really just want to eat and lay down. But Satan will sneak in if you give him an inkling. If you give him one scintilla, he will find a way in. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. See, so you must train up your child in the way that he or she should go. Don't allow these schools to leave a mark on your children that will stay with them or stain on their innocence, that will stay with them and trouble them into their adulthood, out of their adolescence. We're going to go to Amos 8 and 11.
remember, brothers and sisters, uh, in regards to what your children are learning, at some point, as they get older, middle school, high school, they'll take a class called hygiene or sex education. And listen, as a believer, you're not going to teach my child about sex, period. Well, you know, we just want to show them, you know, the responsibility behind and how to protect themselves. Well, listen, if you're teaching them that, then you're teaching them about sex. And that's not your job. Your job is to teach them arithmetic, to teach them uh, history and language, grammar. Don't overstep the boundaries. Brothers and sisters, listen, you must be aware of what's transpiring on a day-to-day basis. Because why? Your children are being uh, exposed to this homosexual agenda more than you know. They're spending more time at school, uh, you know, out on, you know, watching television, on the internet. And Satan will use all of these as a doorway in. We're going to go to Amos 8 and 11, brothers and sisters. Amos 8, verse 11. Behold, the days come, said the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Right. So as we come close to the end, we will hear the Bible less and less. Brothers and sisters, I need you to check this out. There's a Bible that have now been published called the Queen James Bible. Now, I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be funny here or facetious. There's a Bible that's no longer the King James. It's called the Queen James Bible. And with this Bible, I don't even want to call it a Bible because it's not a Bible. But what they have done is they have taken all the scriptures that says it's wrong to be a homosexual or dealing, you know, um, that perverse act. They have redacted that information out of their so-called Bible. Now, some people are saying, well, pastors wouldn't allow that. Well, where was the pushback when they changed it to the NIV? Where was the pushback when they changed it to the ESV and uh, the Living Bible and all these other Bibles? So you must, we must just stick with the Word of God, the King James Version Bible. Check that out. You can find that on Amazon. You can find that on eBay. It's called the Queen James Bible. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. Behold, the days come, said the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. So there will be a famine of hearing the true word of God, the true doctrine of the Bible. There will be a famine, brothers and sisters. And I'm sure that especially if you're living in Babylon, a.k.a. America, you see that the Bible is now being attacked from all angles. And there's a reason behind that, because why? The Bible is the only record as far as, you know, in regards to religion or belief in God that speaks against homosexuality. All other religions, you know, it's, you know, uh, however you want, you know, it's your personal preference. When the Bible speaks specifically against that perverse act, this, this is why they're attacking the Bible, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Genesis 1 and 26. Genesis 1 verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. See, so we're going to show you the image of the most high God. This is where you must start. At verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth 
and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Right. So the Most High said, let us make man in our image. Us. Our. That's plural. See? That's plural. We're going to show you. What, what does it mean? We're going to examine this on a scholarly level. What is the Most High saying here? Because we understand that you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Most High High, and you have the Son. So he said, let us let us make man in our image. We're going to show you what the image of the Most High is. Read verse 27, brother. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Male and female. See, that is the image of the Most High God. We're going to prove it to you. It's not just male. It's male and female. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a feminine spirit. And I know they don't teach you that in Christian church. Because why? The Roman Catholics, the Jesuits have corrupted scripture and changed words in John to make you believe that the Most High is on the throne next to another man. Why? Because they're dealing in homosexuality. See? There's, life doesn't come from man on man or woman on woman. So you have the Holy Spirit, which is a feminine spirit. You have the Most High, which is, of course, the Most High, High. And then you have the Son. So there was a time where the Most High, High was to himself and pulled out of himself a feminine spirit, which is we call wisdom or the Holy Spirit, the Wawak. Right? The same way he pulled Eve out of Adam. Read 27 one more time, brother. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. And the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Brother Corey, read verse 27 again, please. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Male and female. So you have, you have no response in regards to your quote-unquote gender. Male is supposed to deal with female. And female is supposed to deal with man. And from that come life. See, so there is no sexual preference. The most high don't know somebody by their sexual preference. A man is supposed to deal with a woman and a woman is supposed to deal with a man. Let's go to Genesis five and one. We're talking about the image of the most high God, because now you have all these other names like you have homosexual, uh, which, you know, a man can deal with a woman or they don't want to be called male. They don't want to be called female. They have another name, which is homosexual. See? And that's against the Bible. That's against the image of the Most High God. We're going to read Genesis 5, verse 1. Genesis 5, verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. See? In the likeness of God, he made Adam. Adam and Eve. See? In the likeness of the Most High God. It was a, it was a replication. It was a reflection of what's in heaven. Male and female. We're going to prove that to you. Let's go to 1 John in the New Testament 5 and 7. We're going to read 1 John chapter 5 verse 7. 1 John 5 verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. See? So from the beginning, since its inception, there was three that they're not the same. They work in conjunction as, you know, you have blood, you have water, you have flesh. And then together they make up a body. They're three separate entities, but together they make one. 
If I have a son and I tell, you know, I give my son uh, instruction in my home, in my absence, then he will carry out that instruction. So really, it's me because he carried out my instructions. Read that one more time, brother. Verse seven. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the father, the word and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Right. So we're going to show you that that Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is feminine. We know that in first uh, that in John uh, St. John chapter 16, it, the word where, where it speaks of comforter, it says he. But we're going to prove to you that it really didn't say he in the original translation. The Romans corrupted the scripture in order for you to believe that the Holy Spirit was a man. We're going to show you because we're going to go into the Greek. We're going to go to John 16 in verse 7, brothers and sisters, because we want to show you where the corruption came in. We're going to read John chapter 16. We're going to read verse 7. And then we're going to jump down to verse 13 to show you where the corruption came in. John 16 verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you, the roof, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Right now, let's go to verse uh, six, uh, excuse me, 13, brother, because we need to show the brothers and sisters out there where the corruption came in. Verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and he sh he will show you things to come. See that word he, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, when you go to that word he. In the Greek, it's the number G1565. And the, the word that was there before the English trans translation was akinos. In akinos, the definition is that one. See? So that one doesn't, it doesn't delegate uh, femininity or masculinity. So why did they put he there? See? So we know Christians, they, you know. They, they learn, they, they read their Bibles, you know, maybe not, maybe not a lot, but they do know that in church, they, in the traditional church, Christian church, Catholicism, they teach that the Holy Spirit is a he. And they always go back to this scripture. They always go to John when really a kinos means that one. So that particular scripture did not say he, it didn't say he brothers and sisters. So one thing you must know is that you need a Strong's Concordance. A Strong's Concordance is a breakdown of each word that's in the Bible. And it gives you the Hebrew of the Old Testament or the Greek of the New Testament. Therefore, you can see the word that was there before the English translation. Anybody who's bilingual understands that things can get lost in translation. And this was one of those things. But it's very important that you understand the image of the Most High is what? Male and female, not male and male. See, they were dealing with three. Um, they were dealing with three male gods in uh, in the Roman belief. They had what Zeus, Jupiter, Poseidon. These were all male figures. So they would try to corrupt the Bible to confuse you. So we're gonna we're, now we're gonna prove to you that the Holy Spirit, in fact, is a feminine spirit. It's not a female. It's a feminine spirit. We're gonna go to Wisdom of Solomon in your apographer, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the apographer. We're going to read Wisdom of Solomon 
We're going to read chapter 9 and we're going to read verse 4. Wisdom of Solomon 9 verse 4. Give me wisdom that sitteth by the throne and reject me not from among thy children. Give me wisdom that sitteth by the throne. We know the Holy Spirit is sitting by the throne next to the Father. See, wisdom. Anybody who's, you know, have studied the Bible, even just an inkling, know that wisdom is the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go to verse 10 and then we're going to jump to verse 17. Verse 10. Oh, send her out of thy holy heaven. Read that again. Oh, send her out of thy holy heaven. Send her out of thy holy heavens. See? And the, from the throne of thy glory, that being present, she may labor with me. That she may labor with me. See? That I may know what is pleasing unto thee. See? So the Holy Spirit would would educate you on how to please the Father. We all grew up. We, You know, you had your mother and your mother would be telling her son or her daughter, Listen, you know your father? I'm, I'm telling your father. I'm telling your father. See? So she, she, the Holy Spirit, wisdom, the Rawah, operated the same way a mother operates now. She would tell you how to please the father. Because why? When the father come, the belt comes out. See? I try to tell you. I try to, I try to tell you. Now, I got to tell your father. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. Oh, send her out of thy holy heavens. And from the throne of thy glory, that being present, she may labor with me, that I may know what is pleasing unto thee. See, so when you're about to make the wrong decision, that'll be the Holy Spirit telling you, don't do that. Don't don't do that. You know, you know, your father, you know, listen, don't do that. And then what? When you do it and you're punished, what does she do? She comforts you. Just like John said, the comforter, the comforter is a feminine spirit. That's feminine. Listen, I, I tried to tell you your father was going to get you. Next time, you just got to listen. It's going to be okay. See? So what you see in the in this realm comes from the invisible. Send her out of thy holy heavens. Her. The Holy Spirit is a feminine spirit, brothers and sisters. We're going to jump to verse 17. One, one second. Brother, read Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 9, verse 17. Verse 17. And thy counsel who hath known, except thou give wisdom and send thy Holy Spirit from above. See, wisdom is the Holy Spirit. We've just established and proved that the Holy Spirit, wisdom, is a feminine spirit. That is, that is part of the image of the Most High. You have male, female, and from male and female come what? Child, the son. See, three that bear record from the it, from its inception since before the world was even established. You had the most high, high. You had the feminine spirit, which is known as the Wawak or wisdom. And then you had the son, which is Yeshaya, Christ or savior. We're going to go to wisdom of Solomon 726 just to buffer that point that the Holy Spirit is a feminine spirit. Wisdom of Solomon 7 verse 26 For she is the brightness of the everlasting light Read that again brother Verse 26 For she is the brightness of the everlasting light The unspotted mirror of the power of God 
and the image of his goodness. See, the image of his goodness. The world was a step was designed by the Holy Spirit. That's what a woman does when she get a home. She set up how the furniture, how she wants the furniture, the color of the walls, where she wants the television, how she wants the bed face. See, so that comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a feminine spirit, brothers and sisters. We needed to prove that to you as we go forward with this particular lesson. The image of the Most High God is what? Male and female. There is no homosexual. There is no heterosexual. There is none of those things. There's male and female, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Deuteronomy 22 and 5. Now, we're going to go to Deuteronomy 22 and 5, brothers and sisters. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Right, see, women should not wear man apparel, neither shall a man wear woman's apparel. See, and what they do, what do they do? They call it fashion, as if fashion have no law, right? See, and what are they trending? They're trending towards men putting on dresses, right? You got Big Mama's house, the Respucia, um, uh, Medea. See, they're trending. They know that the Bible says a man shouldn't put on a woman's garment. I don't care. We don't care if you're acting or playing a role. The Bible says a man shall not put on a woman's garment. See, it's trending. You got what? Kanye West, Omar Epps. They're putting on skirts and then they'll, they'll try to call it a kilt. No, brother, that's not a cute. You got a skirt on, brother. That's a skirt. I don't care what n n fashionable name you try to put on it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. That's an abomination to the Most High God. So they'll call it fashion. They'll, start, they'll call it a kilt. They'll use some of the most affluent or influential uh, brothers and sisters in our communities to push this particular perverse act. And listen, I'm not going to, I'm never going to say, you know what? I really need to get with the times. I, I'm not going to catch on because mm -hmm. the thing is, and fathers have to be there because women, mothers, they think it's cute when the, when the son is trying on the heels, when he's a baby, he's trying it on, trying to walk like his mother. That's where dad have to be somewhere with that belt. And say, listen, boy, if I ever catch you trying to put on a woman's garment, I'm going to be on you like white on rice. I'm going to be on you like white on rice. We don't play that. See, because that leads to other perverse acts. Read that one more time, brother. Verse five. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Some time ago, I saw a brother. He had on a, a he had a skirt on with some pants underneath of it, and I'm like, brother, I don't know. I didn't say this to him, but I'm like, brother, I don't know who you think you're fooling. You have a skirt on, brother. Okay, I don't care if you whatever you're trying to call it. That's a skirt, brother. Okay, and there's usually the black men that they're trying to push this on. They'll use they'll use the 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 entertainment industry to push that. We saw um, Will Smith's son is now modeling dresses for Louis Vuitton, and they call that high fashion. 
Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. See, that's an abomination. And they use it as it's uh, comedic. They use it in comedy. What? Mrs. Doubtfire. See, these are all ways that Satan will use comedy. Because why? Then you can't attack it. Because why? It's just comedy. It's just fun. No. I'm not going to be... And they probably pay these actors more to put the dress on. They'll actually probably pay you... 10 times, you know, probably 50% more of what they would have paid you without putting that dress on to put the dress on. Brothers and sisters, this is an onslaught. This is an attack. This is an invasion of homosexuality into our homes. They're trying to make this a normality, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11 and 14. New Testament, brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 14. Doeth not even nature itself teach you that if any man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. See, it's and this is not saying a man can't have long dreadlocks or something like that. It's talking about styling your hair like a woman. It, it, listen, it's not good for wind to be able to blow through a man's hair. That's not good. Like how you see some of these uh, Snoop Dogg and Cat Williams with permed, pressed hair. No, that's not good. Wind is not supposed to be able to blow through a man's hair. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. See, and this is what's trending now. Men putting on dresses. Men getting fingernails, uh, fingernail colors. Men wearing makeup. This is what they're trending towards. Why? Because if, if there's a war going on or they're coming to take you down... How, you know, these flamboyant cats out here have lost their masculinity. A man in a dress, listen, you'll easily be taken down. You worried about your pumps and your heels. You got these brothers out here walking around with purses and they're they're trying to claim that it's something else, a man bag or something. No, brother, that's a purse. That's a purse you have on. I don't care if it's a Balenciaga or Birkin or whatever you want to call it. It's against the most high. Thou shalt not wear what pertaineth to a woman if you're a man, and vice versa. Let's go to Levi, excuse me, Leviticus 18 and 22. Let's go into the law, books of Moses. Leviticus 18, verse 22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind. As with womankind, it is an abomination. Thou shalt not lie down with mankind as with a woman. So a man should not be lying down in an act of passion or intimacy with a man as he would do with a woman. That's an abomination. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. See, and that's why and that's why they started to change the understanding of what marriage is because marriage is what according to the bible it's intercourse it it starts with intercourse with you know when a man and woman lie down and become one flesh that's intercourse but now they'll tell you listen if you have a paper from the government and you exchange vows and walk down the aisle that's marriage not according to the bible because they knew that in the future they would twist it and say as long as two men have that paperwork then they're married no We're going to actually go into the 
we're actually going to go into the uh, the definition of marriage in your Zondervan Bible Dictionary. <clears throat> marriage, according to the Zondervan Bible Dictionary, is an intimate personal union to which a man and woman consent, consummated and continuously nourished by sexual intercourse. See? Consummated through sexual intercourse. See? When you lie down... When two flesh become one, the Bible, the Most High, considers that as marriage. Now you have you have brothers. I actually saw an article um, maybe last year where a man was suing uh, the government because they would not allow him to marry his computer. A federal judge won't toss out a lawsuit against the state of Utah filed by a man who wants to marry his computer. You heard that right. In a protest to same-sex marriage, Chris Seaver is suing the state for the right to marry his laptop. A judge is allowing Sevier to file an amended claim. The Utah Attorney General's office says computers can't consent to marriage and they want the lawsuit dismissed. Look how sick the world have become. Because why? If, if marriage is not instituted by man and woman, then if I can marry a man and I'm a man or a woman can marry a woman, then that means you should be able to marry your broom. You should be able to marry your vacuum. You should be able to marry anything you want to marry now. See, so they've taken that word marriage, which is a religious uh, is a, a word that was instituted by God that already had a definition and tried to entang uh, entangle that and try to confuse you. Read that one more time, brother. Marriage is an intimate personal union to which a man and a woman consent, consummated and continuously nourished by sexual intercourse and perfected in a lifelong partnership of mutual love and commitment. See, now we're not just saying that, you know, um, every person you have intercourse with is marriage. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that marriage begins with the intercourse, but there have to be a a bond, there have to be a, a conversation to say, listen, we love each other. We're going to be together. We, you know, we're going to be together until we die. And we're going to work together for the benefit of the most high. It begins with the intercourse, because if you don't use this definition, then you'll have a man or a woman saying, I should be able to marry my computer. Let's go to Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, to buffer that point. Genesis 2, verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. See? Cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. This is in regards to Adam and Eve. See? So she's your wife if you become one flesh. That's what we're trying to say. So, brothers, understand there's a responsibility with laying down. Be ready to provide, protect, and respect that young lady for the rest of her natural life. That's what we're saying. We're not saying, you know, you, you just go sleep with anybody and that's your wife. No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is there's a responsibility. And you better be prepared to fulfill that responsibility to its fullest extent if you lay down with that system. That's what we're saying. Let's go to Hebrews 13 and 4. New Testament, brothers and sisters. We're going to the New Testament because I know some people, they, you know, they say, well, that's Old Testament. And, you know, I don't deal with the Old Testament. Uh, there's a new covenant and Christ came to just deal with the New Testament. Let's see what the Most High have to say in the New Testament. Hebrews 13 verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all, 
and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. See, marriage is honorable. And now I see why they wanted to hijack that word marriage and give it to homosexuals or sodomites. See, because marriage is honorable to the Most High. It's a good thing. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. See? So understand that the Bible's definition of marriage begins with intercourse. And to prove that to you, if you get married through, you know, how the government says you should get married. If you don't consummate that marriage within the first 24 hours, you can have that marriage annulled. Because they understand that it's the intercourse. See? We have stopped looking at intercourse um, as such an important or prestigious act when it really is a prestigious act. And you must be responsible in what you do. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Now, homosexuality or sodomite behavior is not new. Some people say, well, you know, since the 2000s, you know, uh, this is something that it had become a mainstay, but in the past it wasn't so. And that's not true. The Bible says there's no new thing under the sun. These sodomites and homosexuals and lesbians have become proud. And that's what eight years of Barack Obama would get you. Let's go to Genesis 19 because we want to go through the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to touch on some things that we don't think you actually know because they don't teach it in the Christian church. We all know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, but I don't think a lot of us know why it happened. We're going to Genesis chapter 19. We're going to read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, brothers and sisters. Genesis 19 verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Now understand, examine this. Two angels came to Sodom and Gomorrah. These are angels in the form of men. They don't look like whatever they, uh, you know, whatever they're sensationalizing on television that angels look like. They can take the appearance of a man. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet. And ye shall rise up early and go on your way. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the streets all night. So he he begged them to, you know, allow me to serve you. Be my house guest. Come to my home. Let me feed you. Let me wash your feet. They said, no, we're going to stay in the streets because they were here. They were there to see what was transpiring in that country. See So a lot of times you, especially in crowded areas, there'll be a lot of people there and a lot of them. Well, I'm, I won't say a lot of them, but there'll be a few angels in there and they're reporting back to the most high what's going on in the earth. So you have to be very careful how you're dealing with people because you may be dealing with an angel unaware. Continue, brother. Verse three. And he pressed upon them greatly and they turned in unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread. And they did eat to prove to you that angels eat. See, continue, brother. Verse four. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round. 
both old and young, all the people from every quarter. So now, in this city, all the men and the women, old and young, rounded the house. They saw some some guys walk up into that house that they haven't seen before to show you that they have a Sodom watch. They have a Sodom. And see, that's where that neighborhood watch <clears throat> come from. These brothers were in such control and had authority over this country where they knew who was coming in and out, coming in and out of uh, homes. Read that one more time, brother. Verse four. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us. That we may know them. See, so look at this. Examine that, brothers and sisters. They said, listen, they surrounded the house. They said, Lot, where are those men at? Where are the men with them? Show we saw them with the soldiers walk up in there. Bring them on outside so we can know them. And listen, the Bible is not going to be descriptive how, you know, things are on TV. Bring them out unto us that we may know them. See? So they're looking to have intercourse or sexually assault these angels. Read that one more time, brother. Verse five. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And to prove to you that this this particular act was perpetuated and it was prioritized. It was um, it was so relevant in this particular country they had children out there it said both old and young so they had everybody out there this was such accepted so you think that america you know is this is something new when this was transpiring in genesis this was in genesis brothers and sisters where they were perpetrating this perverse act these men surrounded lot's house lot was a righteous man a prophet of the most high and they surrounded his home and said Hey, bring those men out here. Bring those men out here so we can so we can sodomize them. Read that one more time, brother. Verse five. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him. So he walked outside and closed the door behind him. Verse seven. And said, I pray you, I pray you, brethren. Do not so wickedly. See, so now he's he's pretty much begging these brothers. Listen, don't don't do this. Deal righteously. Don't do this. Now, listen, these brothers have no clue that these are angels. They just think these are regular men. Check this out. Continue, brother. Verse eight. Verse eight. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. See, so this brother Lot said, listen, I, I have daughters. I will give you my two daughters that you guys can marry. Just please don't, you know, don't sodomize these men that have come under the protection of my home. Look at this. Look, look at the, I need you to see the aggressive spirit of these characters. Look at this. They have surrounded this man's home. This is like jail. This is like prison here. They surround this brother's home and say, listen, you got some new bait in there and we need you to bring them out so we can know them. Because if we don't know them, then it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Read verse 8 again, brother. Verse 8. Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known man. 
Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the roof, the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will need be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. So they told Lot, Listen, now since you're trying to intervene, we're going to sodomize you. Look at this. Look at the aggressiveness of this. See? And a lot of you brothers and sisters out there think, oh, no, you know, homosexuals are nice and they're this and they're that. They're well-dressed, well-groomed, respectful. That's until you go against or, you know, intervene in their lifestyle. Now look at the aggressiveness. They said, look, since you want to be a judge, now we're going to sodomize you even worse than we would have did to them. Read verse 9 one more time, brother. Verse 9. And they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. So now they're trying to break the door down. Look at this. Brothers and sisters, I need you to examine this because they never go into this part in the, script, uh, in the Christian church. They never let you know that there were some homosexuals that were looking to rape and sodomize Lot. And the heavenly host, the angels. They never go into this. We need you to see the spirit behind this. Because when they get angry, this is how aggressive they become. This is the spirit that comes with homosexuality. Check this out, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 10. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. So the angels, they snatched Lot back in the house. See, they're trying to save him now. Verse 11, and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, but both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. So they blinded him. They smote him and hit him with blindness. Now the people that are trying to break the door down are blind. Did they go home? Because see, my thing is, if, if somebody blinds you, you should be cognizant. Your mind should say, you know what? Let me go home, get my sight together. No, these brothers are now trying to find the door <laughs> blind. Look at this spirit. Look at this. Look at this satanic, atheistic spirit on these brothers. Read verse eleven again, brother. Verse eleven. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place. See, so now the angels are saying, you need to gather your family up. Gather your family up and bring them out of this place. Look at this spirit of sodomy, of rape, of sexual assault. See, so once you once homosexuality become prominent in a society, this is what comes next. Read, brother. Verse 13. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. See, so now you're going to be destroyed. See, because why? Because the, the men and the children that were sexually assaulted, the Most High heard their voice. That's why he actually sent the angels there. Remember, the angels said, we're going to stay in the streets because they wanted to see what was transpiring. See, so now the angels through, you know, the authority of the Most High God are going to destroy this place. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. For we will destroy this place 
because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get ye out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. Right. Let's, let's go to verse 24, brother. Let's jump to 24. Verse 24. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. See, the Most High rained down fire and brimstone, wrath upon that land. And when you look up that uh, Sodom and Gomorrah in the, in the Bible dictionary, it shows you that pillar of salt that is still there that Lot's wife turned into when she looked back. Those of us who know the story know that Lot got his family out and, his, and the Most High told him, don't look back. And she looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. See? So if you, if you perpetuate this particular sin, you will be destroyed. And who's, who, who more so than America is perpetuating that? Who made it law? Who made sanctions, legislation that it's right for man, uh, two men or two women to be married? See? So there's a judgment coming to this land, America, Babylon, the same way Sodom and Gomorrah. Just to recap, angels came to the city. They stayed with Lot. Men saw these angels turn into Lot's house. Then surrounded their home in order to sexually assault them. Once Lot stepped in, they looked to sexually assault this brother now. We need you to see that. We need you to examine that, brothers and sisters. This is that spirit. This is that filthy, atheistic thought pattern of a homosexual. Now, some people are saying, well, that's Old Testament. You know, you know, the Most High, he, he wouldn't do that. He, he was a old, he was an angry God in the Old Testament. Let's go to Ma, uh, Malachi three and six to see does the Most High change because you know that was the Old Testament. Is he now okay with sodomy now? Malachi three verse six. For I am the Lord; I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. See, the Most High, I am, does not change. See, and this started. I I had an opportunity. Uh, a few years back to hear from a homosexual pastor. Yep, you heard it right. A homosexual pastor. And this brother told me that, um, you know, homosexuality was wrong in the Old Testament and that we don't follow the Old Testament because the Bible says, you know, go to church on Saturday and people aren't doing that. It says don't eat pork and people aren't doing that. So he said, you know, you can't tell me what laws to follow and what not to follow. See, and I had to stand back like, whoa. Because he was right. You cannot pick and choose which laws you're going to follow and then think you're going to go correct the homosexual when you're breaking every law. That's an Old Testament. See, that's a slippery slope. If you start going down and saying, oh, well, that's Old Testament. I don't have to follow that. Now a homosexual can be a pastor. My name is Pastor Joseph Tolton, and I am the senior pastor of Rehoboth Temple Christ Conscious Church in Harlem, New York, and I am also the publisher of GayByGod.net. On the day before the New York Pride celebration, we will have the second annual Harlem Pride, which is a wonderful event because people who are from Harlem, particularly black people, often have to leave their community and go to the village or other neighborhoods to celebrate their queer identity. But what we're saying is that we live here in Harlem. We are from Harlem. We are black people that are integral parts of our community. And so we are going to have a pride, not outside of where we live, but right here where we live, because we're proud of not only our race, but we're proud of who we are 
as uh, gay and lesbian people. See? See? There's homosexual pastors now, and it all started with, oh, breaking the Sabbath. Oh, that's Old Testament. I don't have to do that. Okay. Well, since, since it's Old Testament now, the homosexual is your pastor now. Let's go to Jude 1 and 7. Right before Revelations, brothers and sisters. Jude 1, verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. Strange flesh. What is strange flesh? Man on man is strange flesh. Woman on woman. That's strange flesh, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. See? So any land that that mimics or reflects the uh, perverse acts of Sodom and Gomorrah will be destroyed. And this is New Testament. See, I love to go to these scriptures because now what? That wasn't just in the Old Testament. This is the New Testament saying that if you mimic this, any country, any land that mimics Sodom and Gomorrah will have eternal fire. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So you know that there's a judgment coming to America. You know it. America is promoting this this evil act. They even have television shows promoting this. They have one show that's called um, uh, Modern Family, where it's, it's, uh, it's two homosexuals. And they have a child. And, and, and see, that, see, that's deep because they're saying that's a modern family. See? It's like every channel that you go to, any show, especially the shows that um, are for minorities or for black people, there's a homosexual. There's a key homosexual in that show. And listen, when I see a homosexual on TV, I fast forward it. I turn the mute on. I fast forward or I just turn all together. Because I'm not going to be, as a man, entertained by homosexuals. You see, your children are watching you, and they think it's right now, because every time mommy and daddy see see homosexual on TV, they're laughing and smiling and giggling. It must be right. See? So you must train up a child in the way he should go. And really, the sisters should have more of a problem with it, because why? They're trying to replace women. They're trying to be you. They can't be you. Their anatomy, they they don't go through, you know, monthly cycles and that pain through childbirth. They could never. They don't go through the range of emotions that a woman goes through. I don't care how many dresses they have on. I don't care how much makeup they have on or how many hair extensions they have on. You're not a woman, brother. You're a brother. There is eternal fire and judgment coming to this land. Now, we're not like we said, we're not. This is not a gay bash class. We love, brother, we love you all, and we want you to turn away from that sin. Because homosexuality is a sin just like fornication, just like eating pork, just like murder. And those people aren't going to heaven either. So you must put down your sin. It's hard, though, for homosexuals, for sodomites, especially in America. Why? Because it's being, it's being sensationalized through the media, especially in America. They have a show, um, one of the top shows, I think, in America, um... Uh, empire where there's a homosexual on the show and and he is the only one in his right mind everybody else is a murderer a thief a liar and see that's the psychology they put these homosexuals on television 
And then they make them the smarter ones, the most humble, the most understanding and compassionate. You see them on TV. The house is clean. Right. They, they have psychologists. They, you know, they're making a lot of money. The house is well designed. The family is well behaved. Then you see a traditional family and they're cheating. They call each other bees, twerking brothers, you know, doing drugs. This is how they want you to view homosexuality. They want to propagate that and sensationalize that as something positive. When the Bible says it's a filthy act, it's filthy, brothers and sisters. This is an invasion of the homosexuals perpetrated by the government. We got to be very careful and pay close attention to our children, because why? A lot of these brothers, a lot of these sisters who are homosexuals um, were infringed upon or they were tampered with at a young age. They didn't just grow up and say, you know what? I want to be a homosexual. No. Somebody that was somebody in their inner circle that was trusted, maybe even loved or revered, and maybe in their family tampered with them. And it confused them because why? Because at a young age, they experienced they experienced uh, pleasure the wrong way. See, as a young boy or a young girl, if you experience that ecstasy the wrong way, then that would confuse your mind. That would confuse you. So we got to be very careful not to judge them, but to pull them out. And I tell brothers and sisters, it's not judging you because we're correcting you. Because why? Judgment for homosexuality is death. That's the judgment. And I don't see anybody uh, killing people, murdering people, slaughtering them for being a homosexual. So we're not judging you. We want you to practice the righteous acts. You deserve a family. You deserve you know, to carry on a legacy for your father, for your mother. We love you. We want you to come out of that sin and create a legacy for your own. Have children, raise them right. See, the thing is, we're pro-life. It's not that we have something against homosexuals. We have something against anybody who breaks the laws of God. We're pro-life. We love life. We love children. And no life come from two men wrestling each other. No life come from two women uh Bumping each other and dealing with that filthiness because lesbianism is just as bad. And a lot of them lesbians are, you know, are more aggressive than than the men. See, you think that these young girls in high school are not being pressured up in these, you know, playing basketball and in these other sports. There's these angry, aggressive homosexuals trying to bully these children. And the thing is, they claim that they're being bullied, but really, we're the ones being bullied. Why? Because a lot of us are afraid to speak out against it. That shows that we're the ones being bullied. A lot of, especially the brothers. The brothers are going right along with it. The sisters, too. I'm trying to figure out why sisters have, you know, this, why is there this new thing where every sister need to have a sodomite friend just to laugh and giggle with? Listen, I'm happy to say I don't have any homosexual friends and I'm not going to have any homosexual friends and neither will my children. I'm happy about that. Sisters need to examine that and stop enabling these brothers to mimic you. And I'm not even with um, the guy that changed into a woman, his name, uh, Bruce Jenner. I'm not going to call him a she. I'm not going to call him by that other name because I'm not going to disrespect my sisters like that. I don't care how confused that brother is. You're a man. You're not a she. I won't refer to you as a she or her. That would be disrespectful to my mother, to my grandmother, to my wife, to my daughter. See? 
Be very careful, brothers and sisters. Be very, very careful. This is the invasion of homosexuality. We're going to 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, brothers and sisters. First Corinthians six, verse nine. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but not be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Effeminate is a man acting like a woman. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. See, homosexuality, really you're abusing yourself. Why? Because a man dealing with a man, that's abuse. A woman dealing with a woman, that's abuse, brothers and sisters. You abusing yourself. Read that again from the top, brother. Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners, Shall inherit the kingdom of God. See, so we're not just trying to pick on homosexuals. Because if you're an extortioner, you're not making it to heaven. If you're covetous, covetousness, which means everything you see, you want. Right? Oh, I need to have his wife. I need to have his car. I need to have this and that. See, if you're an idolater, if you're a fornicator, if you're an adulterer, none of these will make it into the kingdom. And we're not going to skip over homosexuals because they're in this too. You're, there's a correlation to you in these scriptures. If you don't put that act down, that, that sick, filthy lifestyle, you will not make it into the kingdom. We want you to make it into the kingdom. We love you. And that's why we need you to put this down. The most high needs you to put this down. You can put it down. You ask the most high God for forgiveness. You get baptized, go through the sin, have that spirit cast out. And what? Nobody can bring that up again. If God won't bring it up, then nobody else can bring it up either. They don't, you don't, you can't, you can't bring that up. Once somebody repent and go through the water, it's over. It's dead. They killed the old man. You can't then bring that back up again. See? So you must surround yourself with people who are like mine with the Bible, who want to help you pull yourself out of that sickness, out of that disease. See? You must pull yourself out of that. And there's brothers and sisters, especially those who are following the Bible, that will help you. We won't judge you. We love you. So we wanted to say this is not a bash class. This is correction. We need to protect our children. We need to protect ourselves. We need to be men of God, women of God, and stand up for what is right and stop being bullied by Satan. Let's go to Romans chapter 1, brothers and sisters. We're going to Romans 1, verse 20. <clears throat> Romans 1, verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. See, so the, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen by the things that are made. So what you see before you came from the invisible. He made male and female. That shows you that that's a, that's a reflection of what's in the heavenly realm. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 20. For the invisible things of, of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. 
even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So there's no excuse for a homosexual. There's no excuse for a sodomite. Because why? It wasn't so in the beginning. What you see came from the invisible, brothers and sisters. And we already, you know, cleared it up and examined that the Holy Spirit is a feminine spirit. That was the Roman Catholics who tried to corrupt the scripture because they deal in homosexuality. We know that that's a mainstay in the Greeks and Romans culture. They actually viewed that in ancient times, it was uh, popular for you to see an affluent or uh, somebody who had some type of celebrity to be to to have a child, a young, probably a teenager as a sex, you know, as a somebody that they deal with. Because that it was glorified back then. So you would see them. He would have a teenage boy with him. And you knew, oh, you know, that's what he does. They viewed that as a, as a traditional relationship. Brothers and sisters, wake up. Pull yourself out of this world. Stop watching things that you know you wouldn't watch if Christ was there. Stop giggling and laughing with homosexuals. They had this thing. You know, I grew up in, uh, I grew up in the metropolitan areas. Um, New York, D.C., uh, Philadelphia. And in these metropolitan areas, they have this term called the trade that homosexuals use. And the trade is a brother, a man who his mannerisms is like a man. He looks like a man, dresses and acts like a man. But really, he's dealing with men on the down low. They call that the trade because he looked like he could do both ways or trade back. See, so you got to be very careful. These homosexuals pride themselves on turning people out or having a brother who looks straight but really isn't they pride themselves in this they love to see people in that sin they love it read verse 21 brother verse 21 because that when they knew God they glorify him not as God neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened see and a lot of majority of the um the homosexuals grew up in the church, grew up in the Bible. See, so they knew that it was wrong. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. See, so now once you continue to disobey the most high, he just let you go. Then you just drift out there. He, 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 listen, you, you didn't disrespect me, disobeyed me, not followed any of my laws. I'm going to just let you go to where now in your mind, you think you were made that way. Now you're totally confused. Continue, brother. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the two corruptible men. See, so now they've changed the image of God. What's the image of the Most High? Male and female. Not male and male. Not female and female. See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. See? So they've changed the image of the Most High, which wasn't so in the beginning. And my question is, even to the sisters, because that's a filthy act. We're not just getting on the brothers. There's a lot of sisters out there dealing in lesbianism. And they're some of the most foul people you could ever meet. And even in Hollywood, sometimes that's an initiation. you got to lay down sisters with some of these nasty women out there in order for you to get a role. The casting couch 
for you to get a role, you got to lay down with some of these nasty women. Brothers got to, you know, we know what brothers got to do. See? And my, my thing is for, for so-called lesbian, if you, you, you have a problem with a man, why are you in a room dealing with man paraphernalia? You have two sisters in a room dealing with a man's paraphernalia, but then you have a problem with a man. You're sick. You have a disease. You need, you need to be healed. You need to be baptized. You need to repent. Continue, brother. Verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness. See, so after some time of you continually to be disobedient to the Most High, He just gives you up to that uncleanliness. He's not even dealing with you no more. Read that one more time. Verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Right, see? So now you're reprobate. You look at evil as good and good as evil. He gave you up to that uncleanliness. Now you think you were made that way. See? And we know the most, you know the most high didn't make you like that. You know it. Continue, brother. Verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator? Who is blessed forever? Amen. See? Who changed the truth of God into a lie? Who was that? See? And a lot of times it's the scientists. It's the scientists because a lot of them are homosexuals. They, they'll, they'll look up some stuff and then promote it and say, oh, there's a gay gene out there. There's a gay fish. There's a gay this. There's a gay that. Why are you bringing this up? See? Because they want you to believe that other animals, which they're claiming we are, you're a homo sapien, which means you're an animal. Which means there's no law concerning sexuality. See? Why even bring that up? If there's a, a fish or something out there that, you know, goes on both ways or something like that, why even bring that up? Who changed the truth of God into a lie? And I, I'm still confused on how can you not love a woman? How? Something, you know, your mind is broken completely. How can you not love the serenity, the benevolence, the sincerity, the delicacy of a woman. Something's wrong with your mind, brother. You're sick. Read that again, brother. Verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator? Who is blessed forever? Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. See, he gave them up to their vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. See? What is against nature for a woman? A woman is meant to be with a man and bring forth a child. Two women can't bring forth a child. I don't care how many times you're together. You can never bring forth a child. There isn't a person walking around, male or female, that came from a homosexual relationship. Something is wrong with your brain. Continue, brother. Verse 27. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burn in their lust one towards another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. See, so these men have now said, you know, I, I have no use for a woman. How can you have no use for a woman? See, anytime you see them, see, that's the problem. A lot of these brothers, you'll see them. They're just doing makeup and doing hair. They just want to be around women. Why? Because they're trying to learn how to be a woman. Sisters, you need to you need to shun that. You need to tell, look at me, brother. I naturally walk like this. I'm naturally shaped like that. I don't need to try to be something that I'm not. I naturally talk like this and think like this. Not giggling with them. 
trying to be friends with them. And a lot of our sisters are going to these homosexual men for advice. It's like, brother, you can't give a sister no advice. You like dudes. You like men. There is no advice that a man that's a homosexual who don't see the beauty in a woman can give you. Sisters, it starts with you especially because these homosexuals are surrounding themselves with women and women are laughing and giggling like it's all right. They're encouraging this. You have a stake in this. You have a stake in this. Read that again, brother. Verse verse 28. Read verse, verse 27. 27. Excuse me. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Read that again, brother. Verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. See? Reprobate mind, that means you everything you think is right is actually wrong. And the Most High going to allow that now. Now you think you were made that way. See? That's a reprobate mind. Now you think it's right to lie, to steal, to be a homosexual. You have that reprobate mind. The Most High is not dealing with you at all. It says to do things which are not convenient. It's not convenient for two men to be wrestling. That's not convenient. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 28. And even as they did not, did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness. See, now this is the spirits that come with homosexuality. See? Fornication. Wickedness. See, you know that they're dealing in fornication. Homosexuals are fornicating all over the place. And you know it. Covetousness. Maliciousness. Full of envy. And you know they're envious. Everything they want. Everything they see, they want. Murder. Debate. And they'll always try to debate you on why they are the way they are. These are the spirits that come with homosexuality. Deceit. Malignity. Whisperers. Whisperers. See, they're, they're the ones doing the, the blogs. They're the ones gossiping. The, the, the media. They're the ones that are, uh, you know, the ones taking the pictures of the celebrities and, you know, gossiping, whispering, this and that. And did you see what so-and-so did? And did you see who he was sleeping with? See? Mm-hmm. Verse 30, backbiters, haters of God. Read that again. Verse 30, backbiters, haters of God. Homosexuals hate God, period. Despiteful, proud. Proud. Now, over the last maybe decade or so, they have gay pride parades. These people are proud. Boasters, inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. They're disobedient to their parents. Why? Because I don't know any parent that want their child to be dealing in a homosexual act. They're disobedient to their parents. Verse 31. Without understanding. Covenant breakers. Without natural affection. Implaceable. Unmerciful. Without natural affection. See, these are the spirits that come with that reprobate mind. That homosexuality. And this is why we say... A homosexual cannot teach your children, shouldn't teach your children. They shouldn't be a guidance counselor. They shouldn't be your doctor. Because why? They don't even have natural affection. They're unmerciful. So why should they be teaching you? Why should they be a psychologist? Continue, brother. Verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, 
that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. But what? Have pleasure in them that do them. See, they they don't want to just live and, you know, have their own rights. They want you to do it. See? And see, one thing that a lot of people don't like to bring up is there's a correlation between homosexuality and pedophilia. Are you telling me that a man who likes a man is going to wait for a young boy to be 18 if he want to do something? Come on now. Be real. Be a realist. Homosexuality is a door into pedophilia, brothers and sisters. I know nobody wants to say it. We got to protect our children, especially in these churches. A lot of us going down in the church because that's where your guard is down in the church. You're not looking to have somebody to molest you in the church. You better grab your babies and hold them close. And when they say somebody, you know, is doing something, you better believe them. Even when you go to the schools, when you go to the school, when I go to the school, number one, teacher, I'm on my son's side. I don't believe what you're saying. I believe everything my son is saying, because I remember being in school and, you know, you had a parent teacher conference. And then the teacher is acting all nice on that day in front of your parents. And you're like, who? Who is this? This is not the teacher I know. So you better trust your children in what they're saying. You better be on their side because they feel like they cannot uh, trust you or come to you for protection. Then Satan have a Satan have Satan have a way to get to him because now they feel like daddy and mommy won't protect him. You're always on their side. Brothers and sisters, this is the homosexual invasion. Let's go to James one and 13, brother. New Testament, brothers and sisters. Because some people say they were made that way. I've had somebody tell me, I was made this way. This is how God made me. See, that's that reprobate mind. James 1, verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Read that again. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. So don't ever say that the Most High made you that way. The Most High don't tempt. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. So the Most High did not make you that way. And you know that. Continue, brother. Verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. See? See? When you're drawn away by your own lust and enticed. That's where the temptation came from. Satan. Don't try to blame the Most High for that. The Most High didn't make you like that, brother. Sister. See, they glorify this in America. In the United States of America, by giving Bruce Jenner the Arthur Ashe Award, because he, he he because he showed some type of vigilance or he showed some type of courage. See, it's courage for a man to put a dress on now. See, brothers and sisters, be careful. Gird your loins up. Get the protection of the Most High God. And for those who are dealing in that uh, particular act and trying to put it down, come back to your Father. Come back apologize, ask for forgiveness, be baptized and pull away from that. You must, or you you have damnation coming. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as in coming to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. See? 
So the Most High don't tempt you. Satan tempts you. And even in that temptation, the Most High will not allow too much for where you can't overcome it. He'll always make a way for you to escape. But you have to take that escape route. You have to take that. You must. See, the Most High is faithful. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as in coming to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Now, in this day and age, um, you have Christians saying they're homosexuals. Or, you know, I have a relationship with God. I pray every day. God love me. Listen, you you confused, brother. You confused, sister. If you think you have a relationship, you do have a relationship with God, but it's not the God of the Bible. See? And that's why a lot of people are going to these other religions because they don't want to change. They want to find a God who will accept them for in that act. See? Let us show you. Christians will come and tell you, I'm a Christian, but I'm homosexual. I'm a homosexual Christian. And see, that Queen James Bible, check, examine that, brothers and sisters. Check it out because it's out there. It's out there, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 1 John 2 and 4. For those people who claim that they're Christians and in conjunction with that, they're homosexuals. How does that work out? How does that work? 1 John 2 verse 4. He that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. He that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. So if you say that you know the most high, you love the most high, but you're not keeping his commandments. One of them is don't be a homosexual. Then you're a liar. You're a liar. Straight up. You're a liar. The truth is not in you, brother. The truth is not in you, sister. You you have that reprobate mind where you think that good is evil and evil is good. The most high have given you up to that. He'll just allow you to go. You'll be judged. Read that one more time, brother. Verse four. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Right. Let's go to Proverbs 28 and 9. Further proof. Brother, read Proverbs 28 and 9, please. Proverbs verse 28, I mean chapter 28, verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. See, so these homosexuals... Your prayer is an abomination. The Most High is not answering your prayer. Because why? You're not following His laws, statutes, and commandments. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. See? So, brothers and sisters, go to those friends that you had in your previous life. When I say previous life, I mean before you came into the truth, not reincarnation. So, I want to be clear about that. Go to those, you know, those people... And, you know, tell them that you love them and that you want to help them come out of this thing. But you cannot enable them any longer. And if, if you want to continue in that, then realize I'm going to have to separate myself from you, brother. Especially with our church. We can't have a homosexual uh, with any position in our church of power other than learning. Because why? That can jeopardize the work going forward. And we're not going to allow you to jeopardize the work of Christ. We're not going to allow you to jeopardize that by having some type of authority in our church. It's not going to happen. Not administrative, not pastor, not assistant pastor, not reader, not security, not organ player. None of that. You get yourself together, brother or sister, and then you come in and get a, uh, 
you, you know, you get a position in the church. That's how it should be. Not just with our church, but all the other churches out there. This is how you have to, this is the stance you must take. Because anything else is saying that you're accepting to it. And I don't have to accept what I don't want to accept. That's the thing. I don't have to accept it. We don't have to accept it. That's the thing. We don't need to accept you for who you are. You get a, 10 feet away from me, brother. You get 10 feet away from me, sister. Because you're not going to pull me down with you. You turn your ear away, then your prayer is even being ignored. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus and the Apographer. 6 and 17. Ecclesiasticus, brothers and sisters. We're going to read chapter 6, verse 17. Ecclesiasticus 6, verse 17. Whoso feareth the Lord shall direct his friendship the right. Read that again, brother. Verse 17. Whoso feareth the Lord shall direct his friendship aright. For as he is, so shall his neighbors be also. See? So you direct your friends in love, of course. You direct them to the to, to truth, to love. Love is truth. You need to direct them to this Bible, to the Most High God. Not giggling and laughing and making them think everything is okay. Because if everything's okay, then I don't need to change. If you love somebody, you direct them aright. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17. Whoso feareth the Lord shall direct his friendship aright. For as he is, so shall his neighbors be also. My son, gather instruction from thy youth up. So shalt thou find wisdom till thine old age. See, so we have a responsibility as parents, even if you're not a parent, in, in, a parent, in your community to instruct the youth of what's right from a youth, from an adolescence. Why? Because you start them on the right path, then they will continue to amass or gain wisdom and knowledge when they're old. See, that's what there's a responsibility for people who are even not parents. You should be that OG in your neighborhood, even if you're not old. You know, that big brother that leads people the right way. You have a, a young man, you know, 16, 17, you know. 20, he's learning how to be a man. And then you, 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 you know, in your thirties, maybe your late twenties, you should be directing these brothers correctly. Show them what it is to be a man. See, because a lot of us aren't growing up with father figures and it takes, you know, that's a responsibility of being, you know, a big brother, an OG, not an OG to tell them how to sell drugs and chop up. You know what I mean? Like give them the proper instruction, be a big brother, be a big sister don't be teaching her, yeah, let's go out, girl, let's do this, and let's get some butt shots. Speaking of butt shots, I heard there's brothers out there getting injections in their behind. And hair extensions. And, and hair extensions and all that. Brother, you... <laughs> sisters, brothers, listen, you must step away from this. Because especially if you plan on teaching some, somebody something or sharing something with somebody, that relationship is going to be cancerous to you teaching anybody anything. Because how can you teach me not to celebrate Christmas and you're friends with all these homosexuals? See? So now you that's going to be a stumbling block. So we must separate ourselves, completely sever that. I'm not saying I, you know, I don't love you anymore, but I can't deal with you until you put the sin down. Read 17 again, brother. Verse 17. Whoso feareth the Lord shall direct his friendship aright. For as he is, so shall his neighbor be also. See, his neighbor shall be also. Why? Because the people you surround yourself are usually to, uh, alike. 
your group of friends are usually like you. That's how it works. Brothers and sisters, direct your friends. Leviticus 5 and 1. Leviticus 5 verse 1. And if a soul sin and hear the voice of swearing and is a witness, whether he hath seen or known of it, if he do not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. See, so if you agree with the sin, you're a part of that sin. That's what this is saying. If you agree with the sin and you let it go, then that means you're a part of it. Read it again, brother. Verse 1. And if a soul sin and hear the voice of swearing and is a witness, whether he hath seen of seen or known of it, if he do not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. See? So this is why you must direct your friends. Because if you just let it go and, you know, you're lackadaisical in regards to that sin, then that means you think it's okay. So now you take part in that same sin. See? Let's go to Amos 3, verse 3. Got two more scriptures, brothers and sisters. We're going to close it out. Amos 3, verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? See? So two cannot walk together unless they be agreed. You cannot. One can't be going east and the other going west. We must walk together, hand in hand, stride for stride, trying to accomplish the same goal. Or that's not the person that the Most High wants you in a friendship with. If you can't tell somebody that you love, you know, you know about their behavior in, you know, in righteousness, in love, not in, you know, you being holier than thou or thinking you're better than somebody. But you must direct those that you love. Friends, family. Because you have knowledge that they don't have. If they had the knowledge, they may change. And even if they don't, at least the blood is off your hands. Present it for them and let them, let them shun it. Because see, the Most High need them to have an opportunity to hear it. Because why? He needs to judge them. He wants to judge them. Only way he's going to judge them is that they had an opportunity to decline it. So you must give them the opportunity to decline it so they can be judged. That's the only way it works, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 8 and 11. Not Ecclesiasticus, Ecclesiastes, Old Testament, right after Proverbs, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 11. Because sentence against an evil work is not ex executed speedily, therefore the heart of the son of man is fully set in them to do evil. See, so a lot of people think because uh, you know they don't get they don't get punished immediately that they're getting away with something. See, you're not getting away with it. The Most High is just allowing you the time to get it right before you have to destroy you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse eleven. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the son of man is fully set in them to do evil. See? So understand that just because judgments aren't swift doesn't mean there isn't a judgment. Let's prove that by going to Romans 6.23. And we're going to end it here, brothers and sisters. The epistles, Romans 6 and 23. Romans 6 Verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. Read that again. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of, of God is eternal life through Christ our Savior. See? So the wages of sin are death, even if it's not immediate. Understand, you continue to eat that pork, you're going to die. 
You continue to be a fornicator, you're going to die. You continue to be a thief, you're going to die. You continue to be a homosexual, you're going to die. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Savior. So, brothers and sisters, this was the homosexual invasion. We needed to highlight what's transpiring in our communities and kind of give you the wherewithal or the the information, the knowledge to be able to defend yourself or know what's going on in these schools, on these on the television, what the plan is. We love you all. We want you to turn away from sin. Kwam Yasha'Allah.